All right, we're with Nathan Luth. Mm-hmm. I got it. You okay, got it. Nathan Knowles has dedication. So beginning of each episode, we dedicate it. So what would you like to dedicate this episode to? This one's going out to my daughters, uh, K and L. You're only five and three right now, but I want you to know that whatever you think you're not good at, all you need to do is work on it. Five and three, that means they're asking questions, aren't they? Yeah, they're just starting to, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like it. We're on the St. Paul Filmcast. I'm Nick, the host, and today is with me is Nathan Luth. He just did his Kickstarter campaign. He is the author and illustrator of Impure Blood. Uh, merely the illustrator. Uh, the writer is Nadia Baer, but uh, you are correct. I am, uh, I, I am also the promoter and uh, business mind and uh, general uh, uh, shiller of Impure Blood. So as I am a self-publisher, Noah, when you say you're, you do indie comics, it's, it's mm. a many hats that you wear. It's yeah, a huge yeah. umbrella of promotion, mm-hmm. business, and illustration. Product design. Product, <laughs> as well as being your own agent right. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes so. the janitor, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Nathan, thanks for coming. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about uh, the book that let's just uh, get a little bit of started mm-hmm. in pure blood. If you, my listeners are not very familiar mm-hmm. with it, if they're from different worlds, kind uh, mm-hmm. kind of give us a rundown of what in pure blood is or the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, in pure blood is a steam fantasy graphic novel series. Uh, it's about a half human gladiator named Roan who is freed from captivity by a mysterious young lady named Dara. She believes that he holds the key to tracking down the last full blooded member of his ancient mystical race that's been hunted to the point of extinction by humans. The only catch is there seems to be a monstrous army out there uh, on uh, uh, with, yeah, with the same mission. So. Uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know, this is actually in color. Yes, the whole shebang. I want to live in it because a lot of people that do independent comic mm-hmm. books, and like me, just mm-hmm. do exclusively black and white, yeah. but mm-hmm. you do yours in color. Yes, uh, we had, uh, I did have some help along the way uh, from a flattest uh, Samantha Summers, uh, but she, uh, and she was great uh, and uh, was very good about putting up with me, uh, uh, sometimes getting her a page like the day before it was supposed to be posted and stuff <laughs> like that, so uh, bl- bless her heart, um, but yes, uh, Color was very important to me and has become very important to me. Uh, just, yeah, it sets us apart a little bit more. It catches the eye a little bit more. And yeah, yeah so uh, I think it's important. It can be time consuming. But on the other hand, uh, you can kind of put as much or as little into it as you want. Uh, you can just do like, you can just get away with flat colors and hey, you got a colored comic. Or you can yeah. go all the way up to like full painted Alex Ross style stuff. So it's, you know, you got to you arrange this. Yeah, yeah. All that. Very, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. From. Um, how would you, um, obviously the writer, Barbara, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Nadia. Nadia. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm bad with me. Mm-hmm. But did Nadia come with the story first or did you come with the concept first? How did this... Um, that how was this, something, how did this start? Yeah, uh, that was it. Was based on a fantasy novel that she had been kicking around since high school. Uh, so, Nadia did. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, so uh, it was originally a high fantasy, your standard medieval high fantasy uh, uh, kind of thing. Uh, but when we first decided to collaborate, uh, like we we uh, steampunk's been around for a while, but we were yeah. just starting to become aware of it and wanted to throw a little bit of a twist on, you know, just uh, make it something a little bit different than your average uh, medieval European fantasy thing. And so uh, we upped it to be a steampunk style. Uh, She largely gave me free reign with the character designs and the world building and the concepts and stuff like that. And... Yeah, and yeah, and that's kind of how it uh, came about. So uh, even stuff like the panel layout, uh, like uh, I would get because uh, she does not didn't uh, does not have so much of a comics background. So she would give me like, all right, X Y Z is supposed to happen on this page, and here's the dialogue. You know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Go, go nuts. So. so you didn't necessarily do the Marvel method, which is you draw first and then put the oh, words. Oh lord, this is, this, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you, do the, you develop a script first and then mm-hmm. you work kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I, 
uh, in a nutshell, she would give me what was supposed to happen and then the freedom to execute that and yeah. make it come across and put whatever dramatic emphasis on it I needed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to let our audience know that it, it's it's not just one book. We have multiple. No, we, we, have, we have a, whole, a huge volume set that's right. taking place. It is a four-book uh, series, uh, 100 pages a pop. So uh, yeah. it's a, it's pretty exciting. It's a, and it, it was definitely a long haul. I... About I think the product yeah the production schedule was about one page a week so all told it took us about eight years to do the whole thing. This sounds familiar. (laughs) Yeah yeah right yeah you know you know when you started Mm. mine in two thousand eight so yeah Mm. um did you two thousand nine for us yeah so like similar yeah similar similar thing yeah right right um and the the wonderful feature I talk about your comic Mm. book is the unique feature of it that it goes top to bottom it doesn't go left to right that Mm -hmm. your book actually you have to go upside right. down with it and, and that was that was kind of intentional or? uh that was kind of a side effect of the fact that we originally pitched it to zuda uh, uh for those who don't remember uh, zuda was dc's now defunct uh web comic talent search thing you know ca- like mm-hmm. uh, american idol style you know yeah. send us in your comics you know and uh, if you that. win we'll give you the give you a publication contract and because it was a webcomic and on meant for on-screen viewing. We uh, you, uh, we went with a horizontal format, or that was what was required. Uh, um, little did anybody know, way back in the far-flung year of two thousand eight, two thousand nine, that uh, yeah, yeah, that everybody be reading comics on their phones in ten years. But uh, here we are. But I, I do <clears> like <throat> the format. It's unique, yeah. mm-hmm. and it, it makes it. Um, it doesn't take away, but I think it adds it because right. you have to be conscious of, okay, we're going this mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. rather than the typical logical way. Right. And it gives you much more play with a creative background. It gets a lot more space than the typical page layout that you do. Very true. And uh, that is also partially why we are launching a Kickstarter was so that we could bind it horizontally. Okay. Uh, the We've been print, doing print-on-demand services uh, up till this point and we've had to because it's horizontally oriented we had to print it on its side so uh when you when readers would open the book they'd have to flip it uh 90 degrees clockwise yes, yep. and uh read it calendar style uh which i always wonder if like somebody was reading it on the bus like what would the people around them be They're like what is that guy what is that guy looking at yeah when i read yours and right. when i was on break and stuff like what are you right. doing are you, are right you? but that was a big impetus for uh re relaunching it kind of republishing it in the horizontal format with a beautiful hardcover edition it's got like the uv spotting i spent uh, i spent uh, like okay. a year researching like book publication methods and all this kind of thing so uh uh i went all out i could i could nerd out for a while about you know all the tech the tech specs of yeah. the book and everything of uh, like 80 pound uh semi-gloss art fine art paper uh, for the interior pages uh, uh, case bound with uh, you know the, like I said it's got the UV spotting on the cover I'm like I'm, I'm just I'm just so and on the spine I'm just so proud of it I think people a lot of people don't understand when you're an independent comic book yeah. publisher mm-hmm. the details of okay now it's all printed the words mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. now you got to format it into a book and that is a mm-hmm. tedious Lord. meticulous process that yeah. will drive your hair nut because you have to make sure you're cropping the other way you're mm-hmm. not losing anything got to make sure that all the word balloons are inside the uh the safe safe zone the margins and everything yeah that can take months oh lord yeah so yeah. when when i can see my people my friends or people mm. frustrated because it's like i'm done illustrating it oh great you think the book's <laughs> yeah, gonna come out yeah. like two weeks ago it's done no it's not well, yeah. one hour you have <laughs> yeah. to format it into yeah. and then you have to send it to publishers and that takes a month yeah. for them to print and if you didn't and if you didn't uh, put all the things, all the important things inside the safety, uh, the, the safety zone to begin with, you're gonna do. Well, you're gonna go, wind up going back and doing a lot of nudging shit around. Because I'm sorry, can I swear on this podcast or no? Well, you just did. All right, right, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> you have to but move yeah, a lot of stuff around. So. To, yeah, mm-hmm. so um, it's it's a kind of I don't think that people understand the the tedious amount of work of just getting the book done after a lot of illustrating stuff. yeah and then you got to put the words in and that's an art right. form i think 
in itself is oh yeah yeah because you got a wonderful picture but you don't subtract to all the beautiful that you put into it. so right. where you bubble placements mm-hmm. are oh, is nobody, a skill a nobody tale. appreciates the letter no the, the, the unsung hero of comics that really no they don't appreciate no. it but i think it, it, once i've learned to put bubbles into the form mm-hmm. you have to there's certain spacing you want to take away from yeah. it but you have to figure out the right gotta, there's a talent for that you, you got to lead the eye around yeah mm-hmm. yeah because mm-hmm. i've done i've screwed it many times where the bubble on top mm-hmm. is not supposed to be the lead in the yeah. bubble on the bottom and you're reading like well what what so yep yep that's it what in um what did uh so it's all completed mm-hmm. the story where, is complete yes where can people find it currently the the story in its entirety can be read at uh www obviously uh impurebloodwebcomic.com that's i-m-p-u-r-e blood like you know blood that comes out of your veins and webcomic.com. Uh, Kickstarter is launching on October 10th, 2020. That's 10 10 2020, uh, which uh, hopefully I think will be live by the time that this drops. It should be. Okay. Um, right, yeah. We're going to probably have this posted before the Kickstarter. All right. So this very weekend, uh, yes. be, be, uh, and if you uh, back within the first three days of launching, we got an early bird special full, uh, chock full of Steam Fantasy Comics for you. So nice. yeah, I like I like a, I like dropping the surprise bonus uh, pr- uh, bundles and stuff like that along the way. So uh, ba- yeah. back in your uh, back in your pretty much in on all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you always wanted to do a comic book? I yeah. Um, I wasn't always aware that I always wanted to be a comic book artist, but. Uh, <laughs> As I look back on my life, it was kind as of... As you're surrounded by comic yeah, books yeah, right yeah. now, right? Mm, yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, like, always read them growing up. Always uh, in art school, I was officially an illustration major, uh, but I always hung out with the comic people. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, always... Wasn't always there for New Comic Book Day, but uh, the... If I had a day off and a few extra bucks to spend, I'd go to the comic shops. So I always, always loved comics, but just for some reason, it never clicked in my head that I should do this for a job or I should uh, try to make this a career path until uh, about 10 years ago or so. Uh, and, or, and only within the last couple of years did I, have I started to push into uh, truly... Uh, try, trying to make indie publication and doing my own thing, my actual, you know, primary gig. So, yeah. Um, so with the, you're kind of you're more interested in illustrations. Mm. You were just kind of almost almost looked like you're looking for a story. <laughs> I I went I went for yeah I I went for illustration initially because. Uh, well, well, the thing I told myself at the time was that it was the more practical uh, major. <laughs> I like the things you told yeah, 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 right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Uh, let's see, no, I had a, the I more had employable a, major. Yeah, I had a counselor that I was, I, I'm a I'm very I'm I'm good at illustrating. Mm. I mean, my own book, I mm-hmm. can do it. Nobody's mm-hmm. really I've never I've been nobody really gave me instructions. I've been able yeah. to do it. And I told my counselor, and she goes, "Well, why don't you, you know you don't need a degree in fine art? Why don't you just go to marketing, yeah, or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that?" And mm-hmm. I, I should have listened to her because she's a right. counselor. I should have mm-hmm. just went into marketing your business because yeah. you already well, know your skill. Well, that, and you can do it by yourself. Why don't you do that? Yeah, and, indeed, and uh, that is that's kind of actually again in hindsight uh, uh, that that is kind of one of the things when I always tell the young comic artists uh, or the, the young punks when they come up to me it's like what's your number one piece of advice for all the for an up and coming young artist and stuff like that I'm like get yourself some business and marketing savvy yes. because uh, I agree. yeah I agree. so so many of us these days I mean like a, a few a lucky few are actually still able to find in-house work but the overwhelming majority of us are kind of our own business and our own uh, our own company yep. so I always tell kids to even if even and even if you are lucky enough to get an in-house position you still want a business and marketing background because A, that will make you that much more valuable to your employer, and B, it will protect you and keep you from getting taken advantage of. So there is no no reason not to get yourself educated in uh, those areas. 
I think um, a lot of criticisms can fall on the, mm-hmm. the pop singer and artist Madonna, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and but she did the same thing, and I talked right. about it on the show before. Yeah. She had to, she went to the university, I think, the Michigan, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. got a degree in marketing. She already yeah. knew how to sing. She yeah. already knew she was going to be an artist. Yeah, she just knew how to how to promote it, and she yeah. got a degree in marketing. Now Absolutely. she knows how to promote. Yeah, promote exactly. Herself. No, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and all these all of these people that uh, people uh, like there's a common misconception. I think that uh, a lot of these pop stars, celebrities, uh, uh, personalities uh, are just, oh, oh, they're pretty and they just uh, kind of happened into their success and uh, stumbled backwards into it. And I'm kind of always like, no, I think if you actually pulled the curtain back a little bit, uh, these people are being very intentional with their their marketing, with their brand, with their image, with their their business. Pink said she, yeah. would have, she would have to her rehearse when she got started almost 12 hours a day. Yeah. Every day the dance moves, the singing, yeah. everything, 12 hours a yeah. day every day before she was even right. even signed. And that's that's the part mm-hmm. of what, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite band is the Rolling Stones. And Mick Jagger, had a, even though they were crazy party animal guys, yeah. they had a okay. rigorous work schedule that they had to pay attention to that yeah. he put out there. So, you know, yeah. the party, the, the mm-hmm. relaxed attitude that they're getting mm-hmm. money for nothing is really kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a misnomer. I mean, I, I always say, look, you, you walk down the street, you can see plenty of pretty people. Uh, that, that's, <laughs> that, that's actually not that special. Uh, yeah. People uh, uh, who can do the thing but also know how to uh, conduct themselves and run their business. Yeah. That, that's the golden ticket right there. So. The next question is: Have you ever dressed being punk for Halloween? Oh, uh, for for Halloween? Uh, have you ever did yeah. the costuming? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. For Halloween, no. That's I mean, that's just <laughs> that's just blase. That's like, like how ghost do you think I am, sir? No, uh, but I uh, I will totally. Uh, uh, I have steampunk conventions that I go to, and I absolutely dress up for those because that's half the fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, so you okay? Yeah. You've been to them? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, TeslaCon in in uh, Madison, Wisconsin is kind of like my new favorite. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, of course, this year nothing is nothing happening. Right. But it's uh, all di- digital mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so uh, for general Comic Cons, uh, not so much. But yeah, uh, yeah if I'm going to a Steam Con, then absolutely. Um, I know you're kickstarting the the republishing mm-hmm. of Impure Blood. Mm-hmm. Is there anything? else that there's working on any other projects coming ahead for you let's see uh it's we're trying to launch the kickstarter in i want to say april or so but uh, i have another thing that i'm working on with a writer by the name of andrew guild i think he has a kickstarter as well coming up here called forgotten hymns which uh you should okay. totally check out because he's uh, uh, like just jamming with him a little bit he's brilliant and phenomenal and i'm really looking forward to working on him or w- working with him <clears throat> excuse me <laughs> that's it <laughs> Murder. That's, a diff- that's a different podcast uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah um <laughs> Uh, but uh, I uh, uh, the but, but the thing that we're working on it is, is called, called Forgotten Hymns. Forgotten Hymns. I believe he's launching that here within the next uh, couple weeks or so, as well. But uh, the one that I that we will be working on together is called Children of the State, and it's a post-apocalyptic. Well, uh, or well, maybe not so much post-apocalyptic, but at least a dystopian future about uh, the government's regul, and it's about government uh, regulating childbirth, essentially. Oh. So yeah, yeah. So, so it's yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. Children of Men, a little bit like that exactly. Star Trek episode where they go to the world. And exactly. It's all children, yes. kind of Lord of the Flies, mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. William yeah. Golding, yeah. exactly, and follows the adventures of a main character who uh, they're unofficial. The unofficial title of their uh, uh, children who are born illegally are confiscated by the government and ah. uh, then uh, kind of conscripted into the task force, the police force that is in charge of regulating uh, or is in charge of enforcing the laws that regulate childbirth. So uh, and those and those uh, agents are called children of the state. So mm-hmm. I love it that mm-hmm. it's a little bit like Dune too, because yeah, you know, Paul mm-hmm. Paul Trade mm-hmm. is born outside of the programming. Uh, He's an illegal. S- Speaking, speaking of stuff I'm looking forward to in the near future, and that's a, or a trailer. Yeah, the Dune. Yes, and got, whipped out the Pink Floyd and everything. That uh, they, they that just tells me that they know what they're doing. <laughs> I, I that's my I think it's my favorite sci-fi book. It, I'm honestly surprised it has taken 
this long in the 15 years or so of awesome adaptations that we've had i'm uh i'm surprised it has taken this long but i'm really looking forward to it i i'm gonna put my money down right now uh this will hands down be the best dune adaptation ever yeah uh although there's not a lot of competition as far as that goes so but (laughs) my wife avoids it because it's like Uh, it's almost like climbing mount everest when you read mm -hmm. it it is a huge momentum task and and then it has like a 30 page dictionary yes <laughs> I mean, it, 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 yeah, it, lord of the rings of the sci fantasy genre most definitely um i yeah i was like people start start with the first one just start with the yeah. first one you know like don't have to read the whole thing the whole series it's not a commitment just you know the the first right. one does stand on its own and everything so well i think this movie mm-hmm. is only the first half of the book oh really that's all oh so it's oh, only oh. the first i half. had not heard that all right yeah and that's why you don't see I'm the bad. uh the uh the upset <laughs> at the end because well, I mean, it's just the first i half thought of the book. Ju- i thought it was just good trailer making because so many no. trailers are like spoiling the entire mo- freaking so movie fi- at this the, point the, but yeah. what i've gathered is they filmed the entire thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and collectively it's going to be six mm. hours oh lord of the ring style all yeah. right right yeah right. Lord of the Rings style. smart so yeah it's going to be just one half of the book and the other half is how mm-hmm. they come back yeah yeah oh man but on mm. before be, uh, coming on to the show mm-hmm. um and for uh before we did a little prep talk um, you mentioned that uh, one of the movies that is always on your mind is The Matrix. Speaking of massive, yes. epic sci-fi trilogies. Right, and right. And uh, showing my age a little bit on this one, but uh, saw it in the theaters when I was in high school or something. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, and it has stuck with me ever since, and not just because because it hit me at an influential age, but every time I go back and watch it, it's just a a freaking masterpiece. It is well written. It it is the first one. Yeah, is. yeah, the, the first one is. Yeah. yeah. Well, well what? what are you talking about? There aren't I'm any Matrix sequels. There's never been any Matrix sequels. Not getting. I'm up? always hmm. the defender to the second one. Is a yeah. very much a movie phenomenal technical film. Right. Right. But the first one is very well sound overall kind yeah. of movie but if you really like yeah. movies and what they're offering what mm-hmm. you can do for like the car chases the action yeah, the this is true there were some very the second one i think is a little yeah. bit better but the no. first one overall movie right holds much more right I'll, I'll sign off on that um i will i will say my the thing that hurt me most about the second two was just the wasted potential like there's always like wasted potential is kind of the thing that right. always they gives feel, me they like did yeah a, they f- mm-hmm. spent too much time and stuff that really was not yeah. necessary yeah yeah which tarantino can get away with but well, nobody yeah. else right mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, that, that happens to plenty of uh uh filmmakers as well i mean oh. the pirates of the caribbean sequels uh uh whatever else so uh, that's not on them everybody's allowed to uh mess up every year every once in a while here and there i sure hope so anyway but i, but, I think it, <clears throat> it encapsulated yeah. what was a, a subculture mm-hmm. of movies a subgroup of movies that came out in the early 90s wow. and blossomed really up to the right. Matrix was the movies that kind of sci-fi movies that the reality was an del- illusion. Yeah, Thirteenth so like Floor. You oh, had yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Strange oh, Days. Existence. You had existence. Or yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of moves of sci-fi movies mm-hmm. that presented like reality was an illusion, yeah. and it all kind of peaked. Mm-hmm. They ran away with mm-hmm. the Matrix as right. the best one. Yeah. Now it kind of became the crown jewel. Which now, yeah. in retrospect, um. Uh, I I totally get that because the '90s were, and you know, of course, it, depending on who you are and where you lived and what color and sex you happen to be, your results may vary. But uh, the '90s was overall a pretty un- uneventful uh, point in the last couple of decades. No, it was O.J. Simpson <laughs> and Bill Clinton. That was it. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and we right. had a little bit of grunge. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I right. remember yeah. I was in art film class. Hmm. And it was a workshop day. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really an instructor was there just to check up on us, mm-hmm. but it was just a workshop day. Yeah. And this was in April. So it was like the spring class. Mm-hmm. And this we're all painting. We're not really, you know, people have their you know, they're listening to music okay. or they're just not paying attention. We're all doing our projects. And I just remember this one student just got out of his little compartment, <laughs> walked in the middle of the room and he goes, Have any of you and this is all quiet. <laughs> we're not really he goes, Have any of you? seen the movie Matrix. <laughs> and we all looked, yeah. we all stopped yeah. and we looked at it and she goes, and then he said, 
Holy bleed. <laughs> You're going to have to go yeah. see The Matrix. And that's the major. <laughs> and then right. we went back to the, and we all went back right. to work. And I think yeah, all of us eventually, yeah, yeah. by the time we met for the class next week, we've all seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, half the fun of that movie was, was, yeah, seeing it for the first time and then showing it to other people. And then, like, we watched the subsequent viewings of it you uh you were watching the person who is seeing it for the first time just watching their reactions on their faces and i my personal theory is that that's kind of what uh led up to the what are the videos on youtube now where the so-and-so seeing x movie for the first time you know yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's just the joy of watching people go ah what even is this uh and just having it blow their mind a little bit it was a little bit, yeah, it was a little bit fun. Blood yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I specifically remember I was in the school play, and uh, uh, it was Our Town. And Were it, you the narrator? I was not, thank God. God oh, yeah, Lord. Oh, oh, perfect oh, for the oh, uh, oh, that's thank, the whole point of doing Our Town. Why, thank you. Uh, but, uh, but no, I I was one okay, of the, re- sorry, I, was the I was the cop. I was like a super bit part. Yeah, so I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, so I was on stage for like five, a, a, a collective 15 minutes for in this two-hour play so uh, all of us who had really small parts would just hang out in the green room backstage and watch movies or whatever and one of the movies that on this particular evening was the matrix and i just had like it was the point where uh neo touches the mirror and the mirror, you know, crawls up his arm and like then down his throat. I was just watching uh, the, some of the girls sit there and like, what the hell is like? Is he high? What was in that pill that he took? And all this kind of stuff. So, yes, yeah. the whole mm-hmm. navigate this, the Alice in Wonderland yeah. thing. You want yeah. to go this way or that way? Yeah, right. Um, are you aware that they're going to make another one? I have heard that, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, I mean, Keanu is part of it. Yeah, Keanu is part of it. Uh, and I mean, I've heard good things. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things about the uh, Bill, the new Bill and Ted movie. So, I mean, yeah, I'll, I, I will probably at least give it a shot. I will definitely at least get my keep my eye on it and hope that it's good uh i but i mean that is definitely one of those where they're gonna go after this he kind of you know yeah pull, he, yeah he, we all know he, how he ended, yeah, ended right. with a truce yeah yeah so what's gonna be the catalyst to start a whole new right right is it gonna be like a reboot or is mm-hmm. it gonna be a glitch or is it gonna be right. a new software upgrade that screws everything up right. or all right so here so here's so my so many avenues that i can <laughs> right. think of technic, technical yeah yeah well uh, all right so here's my matrix pitch 2.0 here's my pitch for the uh matrix all right, four, or at least the matrix all right all right so everybody knows it is an open secret or it's not even a secret it's open knowledge in the matrix that the matrix is a simulation Mm -hmm. so the people plugged into it uh like we are yeah yeah as we are uh are totally uh are totally plugged in they're aware they're informed consent plugged in uh so that the human machine symbiosis can continue and the world has become a giant effing mmorpg so like people are people have found out that they can customize their in matrix avatars however they want so there's like elves and shit and trolls and uh ninja turtles and whatever walking around it's going to be like uh freaking uh, ready player one yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. do yes. Matrix and Ready Player One and say right. it's all just mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. big conglomerate slop. Right. So not everybody... So there's still, of course, the rules, the laws of physics. So you kind of got to keep it low key because they're not going to like redo the entire program just to, you know, yeah. you know, accommodate everything. But people are, but the machines are like, yeah, sure, stupid humans, you want to, you you want to look like uh, Mr. Spock, you go, you go do that. And... and but you know, so not and not everybody has the like the level of control that Neo has. Uh, like not everybody's flying around and stuff like that. But yeah, like you can totally personalize your avatar and have all kinds of weird like whatever. Yeah, uh, and so you should fetch their <clears throat> license to do yeah, that. In yes. Uh, oh, there you like go. Like a little branch off. This is all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop my dirty secret here. Uh, a lot of the story ideas, uh, the pitches that I have for moving forward uh, uh, future stories that I want to do are movies that are wasted what I consider wasted potential movies they're like movies that oh this this idea was so great but then they 
but then they just kind of dropped the ball and they did not execute it properly. So it's going to be like, all right, here's how I'm going to do this movie. Uh, so I, I have a list. I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to give the list away exactly. No, 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 no. But that's another. Know, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, a different project. Yes, yes, yes. It's a different project. But uh, there, yes, I have a list of uh, movies and stories and stuff that I want to do redo because because I loved the concept. I just hated the execution. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and we're going to be back more with uh, Nathan Luth. Hey. On the Vintage Video Podcast, we'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s on their 40th anniversaries. John enters the store now to order another can of ether. I picture him outside like Homer with the gas hall. <laughs> one for you, one for me. I also like to think about that the kids renew their vow not to talk about the murder. By, by murdering mur- someone. <laughs> <laughs> They're taking a blood oath with someone else's blood. This stuff is seven times more powerful than uranium. And yeah. they, they open up the vault that it's contained in, not wearing any kind of protective nope. gear. Yeah. And it's wooden crates. Wooden crates. It's like the guys in Chernobyl picking up the graphite rocks yeah. and going, eh, because there's rocks. Hugging the elephant foot. <laughs> just like, oh, this thing's smooth. It's so warm. He turns to dial the number from the classified ad without even thinking about the numbers. <laughs> we know this because we can hear his thoughts. And he's talking about how AJ was right that ninjas are misdirecting him. They're misdirecting him. I really wish that he'd turn to the phone and be like, six, six, five. Vintage Video. We're rewatching the 80s so you don't have to. Right, we're back with Nathan. Um, a little before we get a little bit of fun talking movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to ask you: um, uh, do, do, do you do like a little like I did when I started my book? Mm-hmm. Do you do little sketches, or are you just a person that can go with your illustrations? Uh, or do you I have like a little format, like a little storyboard before you do your stuff. Uh, let's see. I I generally come up with the concept in my head first. So if I have. Uh, like for for comics, yeah. I will definitely spend some time figuring out the panel layout and the page layout and like kind of how I want kind of how I want the uh, the line that I want the eye to follow. Right. So so I'll definitely lay that out first. But as far as individual illustrations or individual panels, I can usually pre-visualize those in my head well enough so that uh, I can I don't have to storyboard. I can just uh, take it straight to. I also work digitally, so that gives me a, a That's great. Yeah. You don't you don't do yeah. the old school fashion way. You do yeah. the modern, the mm-hmm. one which everybody should be doing. I do the old yeah. fashion way. Well, at least certainly for uh, uh, the sketching and the layout phase, because that gives you the greatest amount of freedom. You can be like, uh, okay, that's working, that's not working, and if something's not working, you don't have to erase the whole thing and mm-hmm. start over. You can. You can just oh okay wait if I move this here and that over there okay and there we go and then it's working so I only wasted one page working on my book all right nice and that's only because that's I spilled coffee on it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that is a problem you don't have to so worry about generally it wasn't I'm, like a visual yeah. error is as mm-hmm. I came downstairs and, and they no, got they got a head start yeah. I just I just started mm-hmm. early where it's a few panels right. I was like. Mm-hmm. Well, there we go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I have cats. What do you think you learn when you're working out? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, not the cat. Yeah, and I, I have cats, and I have heard from other comic creators who own cats and other small mammals that like to jump up on things. That uh, if you have a stack of comic pages uh, on your desk, <laughs> they seem to think that that's a great bed just for them. Yeah. So uh, Boom. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's see. I so yeah, my. I definitely like working uh, on the sketch and the layout and the uh, the blueprint phase, I call it. I definitely like doing that on the computer. I've been toying with the idea of going back to analog for inking just because there's a quality, like a, a rougher quality, that a, a more, like, it's hard to describe, there's like a more of an energy uh, there's an energy and a quality that you don't get quite so much with the computer. No. At least it feels That's a lot I've, more sterile. So yeah, yeah. I definitely sharing yeah. what a lot of other people said when you work digitally that you, yeah. you work very good, but yeah, the coloring is kind of you're yeah. kind of tr- confined. It, it is or inking. I mean, yeah, it is confined. hugely amusing to me how much effort is being put in the digital space to making digital stuff look like 
traditional media. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's a little bit like, a, it is very much a trying to reinvent the mousetrap a little bit, but I mean, the, the, the holy grail, the ideal is that perfect marriage of the two, I suppose, yeah. where you get the advantages of both in, uh, you, well, you get the advantages of both. So, um, yeah. It just, it's just a little, you're not, you <laughs> ready to go analog yet you're still in the yeah digital. like there is uh i do like there's a slickness and a cleanness that i like with uh, the inking brushes that i have on my programs but on the other hand i look at the people who are painting uh analog and inking analog and I'm just kind of like ah how do i kind of get that and err uh, and uh, that yeah there's just a like the grittiness to the page the like yeah. the li- the like the little not, I don't want to call them accidents. Uh, ha- I'll, I'll, I'll tap Bob Ross here. The, the happy accidents, uh, the stuff that you, if it happened while you were working digitally, you'd be like, ah, no, undo. Uh, but they yeah. wind up, but ultimately they wind up contributing to the uh, the quality of the page. So. Well, it's intentionally when I did my noir that I wanted yeah. to do it old-fashioned. I wanted to look gritty. I want to look a little bit dirty. It's a good decision. having yeah. the ink washing have a little bit like yeah. ink washing. You're yeah. not really in control when you're doing it. Right. It's a little more. Right. It's right. going to tell you what to do. So, yeah, and that was one of the things when I started my program is uh, where I started my story. I, I think that I would stick with the old-fashioned paper to ink rather than doing digital. Yeah. I think that's a good just decision, because yeah. of the st- I think the story needed mm-hmm. it. If I went digital, I think it would just kind of look, which yours fits perfect because that's yeah. the whole the steampunk, the sci-fi, the mm-hmm. fantasy. Mm-hmm. And you do wonderful spacing and depth oh, thank into you. yours. Thank or I think mine is a noir where you want to do confined spaces like the old-fashioned yeah. movies where space is not really defined and not really yeah. deep unless you want to show a deep, long, shadow, dark alley. Oh, yeah. But I want to show the confinement like you just have a black background oh, yeah. and the character so i want to focus on faces rather that's than that's right yours. and you get those yeah. big heavy those big heavy blacks and the where, yeah. uh, and those, where you uh, do big where you brush strokes yeah. and then you yeah. go sharpie over it yeah <laughs> where you look there at you flip the page you go wow that's yeah. black yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes yeah. yeah blacker than black <laughs> <Blacker> than black. <laughs> So did you did you before you started did you sketch out the characters as you went or did you kind of had an idea or did you uh, like uh, did i uh, have care did you draw Did the I characters, characters first? Oh, yeah, I to- I, uh, absolutely. Uh, I, and I'm very proud uh, of that fact because I have cosplayers come up to me at cons and be like, oh, my God, this is, you, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That's uh, the ultimate com- compliment. Yeah, it was yeah. a cosplayer yeah. does your character. It, and I, I've actually had that. I, I was very good, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, I incl- and they did a whole photo shoot with uh, three of the characters, uh, Dara, Mac, and Caspian, and uh, I was like, "Can I inc- can I include these as print mini prints uh, giveaways for the uh, the fir- the first Kickstarter?" And they're like, "Yeah, heck yeah!" And so, <laughs> so yes. Uh, oh, and they had like the special effects. Uh, uh, Dara, our our, le- our our lead character, uh, has glowing eyes. So like, they even went in and added like Photoshop effects where uh, she had glowing That's eyes. Awesome. And so, oh, I was uh, That's that awesome. was yeah. It was I I just. I, I squeed. I'm not gonna lie. I squeed, <laughs> I squeed very hard. Um, so yeah. So that that's huge. Um, but yeah. No, I put a whole lot of. I did put quite a bit of thought into the character design initially. I would think so. Yeah. Because the way you drawn out, there's a lot of yeah. Fine detail too. Right. I'm I'm a huge fan of character design and uh, yeah. and what you can communicate to the audience just uh, with you know body language and position and disposition and uh just uh the way the character holds themselves and uh, yeah. there's a lot there uh roan uh are the the half human gladiator that gladiator, i mentioned yeah, yeah. uh uh very uh, very big built like a bodybuilder uh like i i think i put him at like a full seven feet tall covered in scars uh but he was kind of the hardest because i also wanted i wanted to make him it, he had to be both scary at times, but also very sympathetic at times. Like he yeah. had to, he, you had, you had to sense his humanity a little bit and like kind of the way he was suffering and, and going through self doubt and, uh, eventually coming around and caring well, that's for what I got mm-hmm. when I read it. I, yeah. I got a little bit of like, uh, the thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, Ben, yeah. Ben Graham, a little bit like exactly. you can, yeah. he looks menacing and grueling right. at sometimes, but then sometimes he's just holding yeah. a little dove and he, off he, you go, buddy. Yeah. He's, uh, he's 
he's our trauma survivor, honestly. He uh, was enslaved for being a half ancient and spent 10 years forced to be a pit fighter uh, uh, just because he uh, of the way he was born. So uh, I think he's very much a character who wants to, he wants to care and open up and be connected to people but he's kinda, yeah yeah but, he's yeah. yeah he's just had this experience and yeah 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 exactly <laughs> so so and that's uh i am uh, you got me started on characters and i am yeah. I, I love all, all of our characters i'm super proud of all of them because they have no uh, i uh, when uh, you uh, read yeah. it, they're very very intertwined characters they all yeah. have their you, you bring mm. out their personalities very well oh, thank they, you they're not they're not flattened or wooden they have like yeah. deep personalities that you can understand that you can tell mm. what's going to get right. them to tick and they get right. their motives that, yeah uh and that, that thank you that's uh, that's what i was going for uh yeah it's they, the hardest thing to do right and that to show their inner, inner life to give them self-doubts and uh uh you know like here here's what i am on the outside the outer level and then here's what i am underneath that that is that, that's kind of yeah. that's that's humanity that's uh that's being human so well on my last episode i talked with uh madeline carita shared with their show and mm-hmm. we're talking about movies and stories are all about finding your authentic self and i think yeah. you're finding that with your story as well right how do you find your authentic self not yeah. what somebody thought you are not what people wanted you to be but yes Finding who you are authentically. Yes, and impure blood is nothing if not a story about identity and uh, finding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you know, the, as I mentioned, the who you are on the surface versus who you actually are underneath, and then trying to bring that to the fore. And the so. only reason I bring it up because you, you did mention the Matrix, and there's a little mm-hmm. bit of a component of finding her authentic self in that story. It, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, what and was rather that? than what people think you should be exactly i think a lot of people are that is some that is something that's universal that is something that i think everybody uh can relate to uh yeah anybody any stripe any you know everybody that's literally everybody so uh so there we go i i do like um Mm -hmm. but definitely you have this ancient and new mix in with future Mm -hmm. and past so there's a blender of time in this yes yeah it's Uh, almost like there's not really a linear mm -hmm. time but there's definitely a mixture of it yeah that uh and that was thank you for noticing that because that was also very intentional uh the the city in which they start out in i uh i intentionally based off of uh rome uh rome italy and because it's a uh, you're gonna catch <clears throat> me again yeah yeah uh, because that is uh that in in the story it's not like out explicitly stated but as uh, we, we were talking about the backstory of the world and everything like that this yeah. is uh li- like our own world this is a, a universe that is experiencing a kind of an industrial res- revolution all these new technologies are coming to the forefront why is a bit of a mystery that plays into this and uh, you'll discover along the way but uh, that's very much what I was uh, going for with the design of the cities and the people and the technologies was uh, that they're kind of in the middle of this uh, new technology boom. And so you have ancient ruins and buildings next to uh, what we would recognize as more modern day metropolitan metropolitan stuff stuff getting built up. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, well, if you didn't, you're not from the Mm -hmm. Twin Cities area. Minneapolis is Mm -hmm. very much the modern metropolitan Mm -hmm. city. Mm -hmm. And St. Paul's are very much the old brick and mortar Mm -hmm, fashion. mm -hmm. And you get definitely the either or. And with yours, it's definitely like a mixture of metropolitan and ancient. The old Rome Republic versus the modern new kind of. Absolutely. And of course, in Rome, they had gladiators Mm -hmm. as entertainment. So it's a little Mm -hmm. bit like that. Yeah. I I confess that was definitely part of the thinking. You know, it's not the most original thing I've ever come up with. Like, oh, he's a gladiator. Let's put him in the Coliseum. It's an old concept of we, uh, especially here in modern eras, we like our spectators. We Mm -hmm. we championed our athletes and everything. Yeah. 
but God forbid you live next door to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, certainly I, not. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. We still have that from ancient Rome. We like to have our Super Bowl, but our yeah. politics dirty. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's yeah. a very much. Yeah, we're still living in ancient Rome. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. That is definitely one of those. The more things change, the more they stay the same yeah. kind of situations. Forget um, the yeah. politics. We got the <laughs> Super Bowl in the Coliseum. Yeah. Oh Lord. Uh, I the. Oh, it was it was a while back, but uh, a Pom- uh, uh, the Pompeii exhibit came through the science center here, and they they had this chunk of wall, and on it somebody had scratched like I think it was like Marcus plus Julia, like and this uh, four thousand or whatever year old piece of masonry. Somebody had you know like kids were scratching their names into stuff, and. And um, I was like, "Wow, that they've been doing it for that long." That, it's, it's when I and I took art history, mm-hmm. uh, ancient. You know, I took um, I took art history, but I also took a year of studying ancient mm-hmm. Rome. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating oh, to yeah. know how so much similar. There's nothing graffiti, yeah, and risque yeah. graffiti as right. well as our politics and right. uh, our structures and class and hierarchy. Oh, yeah. There's not much different no and Pompeii yeah. was pretty much like Las Vegas yeah oh yeah, yeah. it was like mm-hmm. Las Vegas of the time it was legalized gambling mm-hmm. legalized everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and they had a lot of feral kids running around oh geez they were just abandoning kids wow there was because there was not really right right you know, yeah. 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 if you had a kid you just leave mm-hmm. in the corner yeah and like there I think there was a bakery shop that just housed feral kids oh, that man. lived on the street and they worked for the bakery shop. Oh, so it's, oh wow. There's no adoption yeah, agency yeah. back then, you know? Right, you yeah. Kids in the street, hey, you want a job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there. here's some going. Here we go. All right. So but, did you actually mm-hmm. watch Gladiator before you get started? Uh, not, gla- <laughs> not Gladiator. No, actually, I just took a whole, like I said, we were lucky enough to be touring around uh, Italy and uh, made it to Rome. And so I okay. I just took a whole crap ton of pictures. Good. So, so yeah, so like everything you see there is more or less based on modern Rome or at least well semi-modern Rome like 1800s prior 1800s and before style Rome are you going to take that kind of for children of the state with your next project or do you have a different world view or different world building I I want to discuss this more with Andrew before uh before we go forward with it but it's going to be kind of one of those 15 years in the future kind of things so it's yeah. uh, so it's going to be a little bit in advance of uh of what where we are now but i think it will largely uh, not too much so uh the fun that i plan on having with that is uh, kind of projecting forward where does the technology go uh you know is everybody going to have like a little drone camera following them around you know to take selfies that uh, yeah, yeah yeah right um uh what are like what our screen's going to look like at that point. Uh, uh, and this is a, like... I'm it, <clears throat> I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go for uh, it. I'm fully ready in about, about 20 years, our pizza mm-hmm. being delivered by a drone. Yeah, uh, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and like with fewer and fewer service jobs to uh, uh, like that require an actual person to stand, to yeah. stand there and check out your groceries. Our... Uh, like, stores essentially going to be a stock people and uh security guards at the door or you know just kind of thinking thinking doing the forward thinking thing has been a lot of fun for that as far it's as kind that of goes amazing that yeah um, my grandparents, I'm mm-hmm. 43, my grandparents lived in the time of catalogs where you order stuff. They yeah. Came, they came to yeah. your house. They and that little, was a big modern cool it, thing. It came yeah. on a train, came on a truck and catalogs. Yeah. And then their children, you had, you went to the store, mall, mm-hmm. mega plenses, you went mm-hmm. to the store to get stuff. Mm-hmm. Now we're going back to catalogs where right. things are delivered to you in warehouses. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like... We, there is really no yeah. shopping concept anymore where the right. ball culture is kind of gone. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm always kind of like, there's a place for both. Like if it, like Amazon is great. They're, they're getting better at the next day delivery yeah. thing, but 
but I mean, if you need to hold something or touch something, like if you're buying clothing, I still prefer to do it in person just to see like how it looks, how it feels. But uh, I remember yeah, being yeah. a preteen in, their, oh, in yeah. the 80s. And the mall was like seen, a place you go to hang out. And, you had a yeah, cool like, shirt on or the girl <laughs> right. that you're like, you know where right. she was there and you want to be seen and you hang out in your groups and yeah. you just like, had money. Yeah, you yeah. don't have anything to do on a Saturday. And Let's go just bum around the mall. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's on the way out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. That'll be, hmm, that, that will definitely be interesting to see how that goes. So yeah. I'm not sure, well, maybe that'll maybe that'll come back. Just at, oh, Especially after everybody's... Everything comes back, and I try to emphasize, yeah. my grandparents' catalogs, yeah. and now the, gener- the millennials yeah. are catalogs. It all comes back eventually, and yeah. then eventually probably their ch- grandchildren right. will be going to the shopping center. So, so I'm just going to spitball here. I'm willing to bet that after COVID clears up, that people will be a little bit more interested in getting out. So that yeah. might actually spark a revival in the public market market uh, uh mall type venues i, I think so, so if, if, assuming they survive you know, or for the ones that survive for the public spaces that survive uh covid i think um the uh they will probably experience a bit of a boom just because yeah everybody's gonna be like i want out of my house because prior to this <clears throat> you know a couple of years, well, it was even two years ago that a lot of even the, you know i would say like the vikings were having a tough time selling out because people just I yeah rather, i have a expensive like, tv what? i want right. to use it <laughs> right and i don't have to be bothered with people right or get beer spilled at me mm. but i think in this after covid i think you're going to see events of people wanted to yeah. participate and see it actually get out and be social get out and social and that uh, uh a, a couple of things in that point yeah uh that has Ben, speaking of the future and uh, and getting out, uh, this ties in nicely to a couple of our previous points. But but no, that that is the future of the comic shop, like the brick and mortar comic shop. In my opinion, is not so much as a place where you go and buy comics, but as a a nerd community center. Yeah, you know, a place where you get together and play your games, and uh, and you know, there's and you know, maybe buy a beer or a coffee or whatever, and you know, hang out with your friends and talk nerd stuff. Uh, and that is like places like the source our our local comic shop here in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh that I've seen them doing adopting that model and doing very well with it and I I, I hope they continue to do well uh and uh, survive uh, this pandemic. Um but man, oh man, I I miss going to the movies. Like I I know everybody is all like, you know, why would I want to go to the movies and deal with other people when I got when I can just, you know, uh digitally uh, download stuff here in my home, but I, I do miss the movie experience. I miss going and, you know, like you get the big special effects and the big screen and your popcorn and your soda and, uh, and just, yeah, yeah, it's an event. And, and the other thing that you don't, and like, I, I honestly don't mind. I would in fact prefer like a few people in the theater with me because that, you get that shared experience. You get that those moments uh, where like the the big cool thing happens, and you and everybody in the theater is like, yeah. Or you know, if you're seeing a comedy, you know, you get like you you get everybody chuckling along with you, and yeah. So you you get kind of that uh, group vibe a little bit, the same way you get with like live music or a uh, or a live comedy show or something like that. I think I shared this on the show many times before, but when yeah. I went to see Superman Returns in the movie theater, yes, and that very famous scene where he takes a nine millimeter to his eye yeah. and the bullet crushes mm-hmm. i had a guy stand up in the theater and like you're dead i don't care yeah that's part of the experience i mean that's like but that's exactly how stuff like uh, uh dang it a rocky horror picture show continues to be uh, a thing because like the movie itself is I mean, it's fun. It's oaky and cheesy yeah. and stuff like that. But you, it makes they, it memorable. Yeah, yeah, you keep going to that thing every Halloween because uh, of the what the audience is doing. I remember taking uh, when I was in high school, taking my uh, my. I won't mention her, but I took mm-hmm. a date to C seven, and she damn near throw up and left. Uh, oh man, wow! But I stayed to yeah. watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or but yeah, like, you can wait all lobby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you brought you brought up Superman Returns. The uh, I, for whatever other faults of that movie had the scene where he catches the plane is just 
Oh, that is pure Superman right there. That is a yeah. shot of Superman that's, to the that's system. A yes. That's a very much a Christopher Reeve yes. Superman. Yeah. Yes, like he catches the plane and the crowd goes wild and uh, everybody in the plane goes wild and I go wild in the theater and it's just like, yeah, you did it. So it's very well, a well done chunk right there. What is your favorite Superman villain? Oh, uh, it's, it's not for me. It's not yeah. Lex Luthor. Yeah. Hmm. That is, uh, I, I do like the, I, I do have to say, I do like the foil of Lex Luthor and everything like the, you know, the yeah. one is, uh, the best, uh, a human can get. And, w- and the whole idea that, uh, if, if, if Superman didn't exist, he might be doing something good, which I kind of doubt, yeah. but, um, let's see. I, uh. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of shadows and like okay. dark reflections of people. So it's like parasite. So uh, I was even going to say uh, he doesn't get as much play in the comics. He's not as big of a deal in the comics. But General Zod, uh, a guy, Ooh, who, yeah, yeah. Uh, just a guy who like is his physical match, but and uh, kind of comes from a similar place. Well, uh, oh, as he as superman does because he's like the last son of this uh, dead race it's almost like but, what would superman yeah, be if he followed yeah exactly um i dang it so it's oh, yeah. for you huh? uh sure for the sake of conversation for the sake of conversation well let's go with zod all right, all right. Yeah. what's that what is your favorite well before we go what is your favorite comic book villain yeah oh of all time magneto Hands down. Really? Magneto. Yeah. Um, you know what? Mm. Dr. Doom's my favorite, but Magneto. Oh, yeah. He knows mm. he's, because Magneto can mess with Do, him. Doom, Doom is good. Doom is Dr. good. Dr. Doom's good, but yeah. Magneto's got oh, the upper hand. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be honest. When I heard the Fantastic Four were back in Marvel, I was kind of like, I, I don't even care if we get a Fantastic Four movie. I just want Doom to be the next big bad in the Marvel Universe. Well, there is talk of having a solo Doctor Doom mm. because of the success of Joker. Mm. Yeah. Marvel is thinking maybe having a villain. They're, they're entertaining That'd the idea of a Doctor Doom solo uh, movie. That could be interesting. That could be good. But, uh, yeah, uh, hands down, Magneto. Magneto um, far and away, just... Uh, and he, Magneto was definitely a bit of an in, in bringing it back around. Magneto was definitely a inspiration for the villain of uh, impure, impure blood uh, because he is this guy who, like, given his circumstances and upbringing, I cannot honestly say that I wouldn't feel the same way and be doing he the same thing. Massively, yeah. yeah. Like if people came up and took away all my friends and family and literally everybody I knew and put them in a camp and killed them. And I discovered later in life that I had superpowers. Uh, yeah. I'm not, uh, I, like I said, I cannot honestly say that I would not be doing what he was doing right now. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I'm going with a Magneto. Nathan is, Wonderful talking to you, man. Yeah, and now, now that I've laid out my plans for world domination in my <laughs> <laughs> and revealed my true self, yeah. Magneto, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Mm. Uh, this uh, The book is Impure Blood. We're definitely looking forward to Children of State. I think you guys have a great template to start with. And based on your artwork, it's going to look marvelous, I'm sure. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's not over until mm. the guests say it's over. All right. Uh, I don't have a fat lady in my pocket, but I do think it's over. There you go. <laughs>